Uh, hello, folks, and uh, welcome to the inaugural edition of Screen Streets, our very first episode. This is uh, my name is Joel, and I'm here with my friend Cameron. Hello. And, and we, uh, we, we started this podcast to discuss movies of the past, present, and future, just fun little possibly heated discussions through a variety of different exercises and different just interesting ways to look at movies. And a little bit about us, uh, we are best friends that have never met. We, uh, we met on an internet forum way back in 2003 that graduated to Skype calls and Facebook friends and phone calls and eventually just texting each other ad nauseum throughout the day. And uh, now he's my, he's my BFF. Cameron, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, I'm Cameron and I'm... <laughs> A guy and I don't know man I agree with what you said we're best friends and we like movies and I like to talk about movies and these are our movie opinions so don't get mad at us for our movie opinions oh they will even though people will be mad yeah I guess I have have very strong movie opinions as do you I do have strong movie opinions, but they're always my opinions, and I don't hold other... I try my best not to hold other people's opinions against them. The only people's opinions I really hold against them are yours, because you're my best friend, and I feel like I can do that with my best friend. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, I want to jump right into things here with a, with a segment we call Word on the Street. <laughs> It's a little segment about pop culture and movie news. And uh, Cameron, word on the street is that Mario Lopez of Saved by the Bell fame, played A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell, is now shilling Kentucky Fried Chicken via a Lifetime original mini-movie where he plays, he plays a sexy version of Colonel Harlan Sanders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, in a film called A Recipe for Seduction. Well, what are your thoughts on this? I'm here for it. Yeah. As you know, I've been watching uh, the Saved by the Bell reboot. I actually watched the whole thing. And uh, he's all right in the, the show. Although in the show, they just have him play a dumb guy. So I guess that's uh, that's maybe fine. But oh, uh, man, I'm, I, I don't know if the world is ready for Harlan Slater. Uh, KFC Slater. Yeah, he's uh, he just did like another Lifetime movie, I believe, called Feliz Navidad. Nice. Which where he plays a a dad. I would have never guessed. <laughs> and uh, it's Christmas time, and I think it's supposed to be real bad. I don't. I don't but... think any of these are like winners. Yeah, but uh, Kentucky Fried chicken movie is what's a mini movie anyway i guess it's like it's 15 minutes long it's probably just a 15 minute long advertisement of him like he's supposed to win over some debutante that like her father's like oh you can't go with the chicken guy and he's he's just a sexy chicken man he's he's slater but he's got a mustache now i feel a little lied to 15 minutes 
That's not a movie. It's that mini movie. I said that's, mini movie. That's not even a. That's not even a show. That's a nut. That's. I was wanting like a two-hour sprawling epic here. Is, is that what you were wanting? The the two-hour yes. KFC Slater movie. Yes. Yeah. Where he finds the chicken. I wanted the the founder with K with Slater. I. I want to know if we learn the herbs and spices. That's that's what I really want to know. And some of those herbs and spices might be grosser than I thought, according to this movie. Like it's looking, yes. it's looking pretty, pretty salacious. A little Latino hotness is one of those spices. Yeah, in a but news, you might learn one or two, but they're not going to give up all eleven. We're gonna we're gonna see if they sprawl this out into like a like a fast food multiverse of just like the sexy Ronald and sexy sexy Burger King, sexy Jack in the Box, and all just like have like their own like sexy Avengers. That'll be fun. How would you make sexy Jack in the Box? He's not I don't very. Know. How would you make sexy Colonel Sanders? They they figured it out. It's an old ass. Well, they just old ass plantation just... owner. De-aged the man, plantation owner. That's just, just, just talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He owned uh, chicken farms, chicken plant, chicken fields. Uh, check this out. Other word on the street is uh, Oscar Isaac has signed on to play Solid Snake in a new Metal Gear Solid film. How do you feel about that? I kind of, I kind of. I'm okay with it. I like Oscar Isaac a lot. He's a great actor. Yeah, I heard. He, and uh, I heard he petitioned to play this role. Like, like a couple of years ago, there there was footage of him in an interview saying like he'd love to play Solid Snake, and this is before this movie was even a thought at that moment. So he's he's been down to play this role for a while, and like I like Oscar Isaac. I think Metal Gear Solid plays well to be a good video game movie. Like, it's that kind of just, like, gritty, like, kind of renegade army guy who has to who has to fight the bad guys. Like, it's, it's win-win. It's going to be fun. Have you played the Metal Gear Solid games, Joel? I've played, the, I've played Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 2. Then you must know that those games are, above all else, they're very weird. I just want to know if they're going to get as weird with this movie, which I doubt. You remember in Metal Gear Solid 2, there's a man that gets his arm sewed onto another man's arm, and then the arm takes over the man. I mean, if you're going to do a Metal Gear Solid film, you might as well go weird with it. I would be all for a very strange surreal cerebral Oscar Isaac Metal Gear Solid movie. Same here. I would also be I'm just I'm down for Oscar Isaac even if they play Metal Gear Solid as just basically like die hard. Like if they want to yes. do it that way I'm still down with it. Like it still should be a lot of fun. And uh, speaking of weird casting news like word on the street is this fucking Spider-Man 3 MCU movie is going to be weird and off the chain. Because, like, along with news that came 
like a month ago that Jamie Foxx signed on to play Electro again. He was in the Andrew Garfield series of Spider-Man movies. Just yesterday it was announced that Alfred Molina is coming back as Dr. Octopus from the Tobey Maguire era. I did see that. And I'm hearing that, like, flyers are out to Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Like, they're trying to get all these, like, I don't know what this fucking movie's going to be. Like, if they're trying, like, a Miles Morales, like, Spider-Verse type thing. But like, yeah, that's what I, really, I was thinking. It's really strange because, like, the Spider-Verses they're doing aren't within the Marvel Spider-Verse. They're within our real, like, um, like the Earth universe of, like, our going through the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and going through the Andrew Garfield. Like, it's just, they're bringing these characters back for us. Like, it's not part of their universe. It's like, you grew up with these two different Spider-Mans, and here they are again. Like, it should be really strange. Are you worried it's a little too fan servicey? I mean, no, not to do it right. Not that it's cool. Think, like if it's I actually think... like the movie, like I'm scared that it'll be like a one scene at the beginning where it's like all these characters are back and then it's all like a dream sequence and you never see them for the rest of the movie. Like I want it to be like a this crazy thing. Like if they're going to bring all these people back, let's get nuts with it could be a little weird. I mean, Alfred Molina has to be pretty old by now. Like an old old man Dr. Octopus. I mean, it's all CGI now. Like, yeah. You can, you can do anything. Anthony Hopkins was in Thor, you know. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, and then Jamie Foxx is another weird one because... I believe he said something that he was going to do it right this time, which I don't know, man. I I don't, I didn't, didn't, that That is weird. I did not like anything about the amazing Spider-Man Two electro. I didn't like when he was pre electro with his weird teeth, nerdy version. Yes. He was very corny and odd. And then electro himself, I didn't like the look of electro. So I don't know if they're just, going to go with the straight uh, amazing Spider-Man 2 version of Jamie Foxx. But I mean, we'll probably see. not. Like MCU rarely swings and misses. Like they usually do improve upon like the things that they're given, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of odd then that they would go with Jamie Foxx. Unless like I said they're going like a full-on Spider-Verse type deal, in which case I might be into it cuz into the Spider-Verse was a great fucking movie. Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite Spider-Man movie. It's awesome. Hot take. It's not that hot. I think it's a lot of people's favorite uh, animated movie. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. But I really, really love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And I Tom just... Holland's pretty great. Like, he warms my heart more than Toby or Andrew Garfield ever did. Like, he's just, like, such, like, a sweetheart, like, kid. Like, you just can't help but, like, feel for him and, like, be scared for him in these situations. Like, he's just really, really good at what he does. I agree that Tom Holland is the best live-action Spider-Man that we have. 
Wow. He's great. Fuck it. Throw, throw the animated version in there, too. Just have it like Roger Rabbit style, like Miles Morales comes in and joins the fun. Like I said, let's get weird. But um, we were getting also, weird with Metal Gear Solid. But do you want to get weird like with hey, Spider-Man? I like to get weird, man. I like weird flicks. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get weird with all of it. All right. Speaking of getting weird, like Warner Brothers pulled a weird move last week. Word on the street is that Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate of films will be hitting the theaters as well as streaming service HBO Max the very same day. And get a load of some of these films, dude. Like, this is a list of straight bangers. Like, it's like blockbuster after blockbuster. We got Mortal Kombat, Tom and Jerry, The Many Saints of Newark, which is like the James Gandolfini-less, like, Sopranos prequel. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, the new Conjuring movie. In the Heights, the new uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. The Suicide Squad. Dune and the Matrix 4. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's some on there that you're going to want to check out. Like, there's some good flicks on there. Is the new Suicide Squad movie just called the, the Suicide Squad? That is correct. That's confusing. A little bit. What? You have. What's wrong with Suicide Squad 2? Anyway, anyway, yeah, this. It's. Is it the death knell for theaters? It's a fucking shot to the heart. Like, it's, I mean, the, theaters are going to be limping. But like, theaters... I can't blame Warner Brothers, dude. Because like, why are you going to spend like hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing these movies for like people can't go fucking see? I think like, this is them. Movie... Go ahead. Sorry, this. I think this is them dipping their toe into. Oh. Uh, theaterless future i think it's the future people are just gonna want to get their movies immediately i think you're right like i think the future is that movie theaters will be like a novelty like it will not be the way to see movies anymore it'll be like like hey you guys want to go see this one in the theater like it'll be like it'll be like that like it'll be like the you the choice is yours how you want to see it but like I don't I don't even know like because theaters cost a lot of money to run and if people aren't going to the movies like yeah they're going to that's not going to work. I agree. I agree. I think it's uh I think it's an in an inevitable future. It's it was- just movies are too easy to watch at home now. People have pretty much theaters in their home. They have their own snacks. They can make pizza, whatever they want to do. Like, it's just easier. It's especially if you have like a family, like the Space Jam movie, the Tom and Jerry movie, like it'll be nice just to chill with your family and not spend like a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? It'll be nice. And it's nice that they're releasing it to HBO Max instead of HBO Max plus $30 $30 or whatever, yeah, how like Mulan. they did Mulan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was, I was very shocked to hear that news. Like, I, I heard about Wonder Woman dropping on Christmas Day, which I'm excited about, the new Wonder Woman movie. I'm but also excited. I did not expect it's like, hey, you're getting Wonder Woman plus everything we fucking got. 
because most of these movies were supposed to be released this year and like all like nothing fucking came out this year dude it sucked like Tenet came out and that was a Warner Brothers movie and they tested the waters and were probably like well that didn't fucking work so we got to come up with a new game plan and I dig their new game plan because I can watch all that shit because I have HBO Max yeah yeah it uh it will be cool yeah, not much came out this year. Nothing that I'm super excited for. And I was excited for a lot, and everything got pushed back. Yeah, like, I want to see, like, we went a year without a Marvel movie. Like, that's not great. Like, I'm not excited about that. Weren't we supposed to get Black Widow in, like, March or something crazy like that before yeah. everything got pushed and back? Now it's Now it's supposed to come out in, like, I think May of next year. That's a crazy and, extension. I mean, and like Disney Plus has this same, they can do the same fucking thing if they want. They own all that Marvel shit, all that Disney shit. Like they brought Mulan out on their service. Like they could do this if they wanted to, but they're like, Marvel's a guaranteed like $300 million at the box office. But not if people can't go to the movies, dude. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be looking at the numbers. Of uh, HBO Max, pretty HBO carefully. Max numbers are gonna skyrocket, dude. Yeah, like they were already doing. Like they already have. Like if you have HBO Max, you see that there is a just embarrassment of riches on that platform, dude. They have like so much stuff to watch, and like even one person's like, I would watch most of these movies. Like, well, fucking get HBO Max, you get access to all these movies plus a zillion other things on there. Listen to me, I'm like a fucking, they're not paying me or anything, people. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, they're pretty good. Fan. They're pretty good. I didn't know HBO Max had all this stuff that regular HBO doesn't either, because my dad the other day, I was telling him about the show Raised by Wolves, and I guess that's an HBO Max exclusive. He only has HBO through his cable provider. Oh, really? Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, I, I was wasn't aware. HBO series. I did too. I wasn't aware that there's like a. And then I was kind of trying to compare what I had versus what he had, and it seemed like HBO Max is quite an improvement over HBO, actually. Yeah, because I always see like when I see like a new series show up, I see like an HBO Max original, but I just assume that was like just platform integration and like HBO Max original just meant like it's an HBO show. But apparently I guess there are like HBO Max originals that don't show up on actual HBO. That's interesting. I thought it was kind of weird that they wouldn't want to, but I guess they're trying to get people to get HBO Max. I think it's going to work because a lot of people are going to be down for this deal. I think so. I think it's a cool thing. Moving on to our next segment we have here. It's called uh, For Your Consideration. Uh, Cameron has selected a movie from his repertoire of favorite films that he would like me to watch that I've never seen. And I have also selected a movie from him that I love that he has never seen. And uh, for him, I have selected the 1987 uh, delightful teen comedy, Can't Buy Me Love. And because he is a dickhead, he has selected for me the 2003 dystopian zombie film, 28 Days Later. 
which he knows I'm a scaredy cat. He knows there's a reason I haven't watched this fucking movie. But he's like, it's one of my favorites. So I watched it. And uh, would you like me to go first or you to go first? You can go. Sounds like you have thoughts. All right. Well, 28 Days Later, dude, it uh, it made me shit my pants off, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not okay with that. Like, I'm not okay with zombies, let alone I'm really not okay with fast zombies. I wasn't into that, that they haul ass all of a sudden. I think that movie invented the fast zombie. It came before the Dawn of the Dead remake. Are there, like, more, like, is that a thing now? Like, are zombies fast now? Well, you remember the Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 Zack Snyder remake. This came right before that. And, I don't uh, remember them being fast. Like, these zombies they were, were running. Yeah, they were running in the Zack Snyder film. And it okay. was a thing after that. Uh, an interesting thing I've learned while doing, like, research about the movie. Like, it was, it was like, shooting. Like, it was in, like, full production when September 11th happened. And, like, you can really see it kind of in the tone of the film, I think. Because just, like, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about this guy wakes up in a hospital bed after a 28-day coma. Like, he's been in a coma for 28 days. And he, like, he wakes up in this hospital. There's nobody there. Like, he's the only person in this hospital. And he's, like, screaming for help. He's, like, where is everybody? And, like, he goes outside and just the whole city of london is just destroyed and like you can see like parallels of just like i don't know it made me think of like 9-11 just the rubble and destruction of like a major city like that and just like the carnage like it was interesting to know that it was being filmed at the same time but yeah like the whole world has been like taken over by the like it's very timely because it's basically about an uh virus that just destroys the planet yeah, and turns everyone, everyone who gets like spit, like saliva or blood from another person who's infected becomes infected. So they don't even have to bite you; they can just like spit on you, and you're fucking you turn. And um, like the herky jerky editing style really like made me queasy. Like, it was very, like, violent shakes of the camera and, like, camera angles of just zombies that were, like, tweaking out. And, like, it gave me just nausea. I was like, oh, I don't like looking at this. Um, Killian Murphy, like, I found his transformation to badass to be laughable in my opinion because he was he was basically a bike courier like that was his career like his job he was a bike courier and then he turned into like captain america all of a sudden captain like, he was Britain. Just taking out zombies left and right but uh he found like a family to basically like a family that was uninfected that he could roll with and just keep each other safe and like the father of this girl got infected in a very like whatever kind of way like it pissed me off like he shook some building and then a drop of blood fell from like the ceiling into his eyeball and i was just like okay that was that was a bit of bad luck but yeah so then they had to take out the father of this girl like right in front of her because he was he was turning into a zombie and like there were yeah there were there were moments that were just heartbreaking 
And like, I didn't, as much as I hate these kind of movies, I didn't hate this movie or anything. Oh, wow. I just, you, I just, you know, it's not my kind of movie. Like, it's not my thing. I don't really like dystopian movies. I hate zombie movies. But I like Killian Murphy's performance. I thought he was he was really good in it. You didn't believe his transformation, though. No, I mean, it just happened. Like, he was scared, and then he was, like, the Punisher all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, I guess that's who you are now. He took in the world around him and adapted, man. I, I would not be able to, would you be able to turn into that guy? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to say for certain unless I was in the situation. I'd like to hope so. I'm pretty sure that I would just open my arms and welcome death at that point. I'll just look at the world around me and be like, I'm not surviving this. So let's, let's end it quickly. I actually could see myself as more of a Brendan Gleason, just a, just a guy getting by, doing pretty good, and then all of a sudden I shake something and some blood gets in my eye. Yeah. So uh, tell me what you love about it. Uh, Danny Boyle movie. Danny Boyle is a great director of movies like Train Spotting, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. I just love the look of it, man. Before you even see the zombies, you see them walking around the completely abandoned London. I mean, that was a I think that was kind that of was a, cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty breathtaking visual. I love the look of it overall. I think the zombies themselves are a very cool concept because they're consumed by rage. That's what it is. They're not yeah. hungry to eat you or anything. They're just they want to mess you up because they're consumed by rage. I thought was in... funny. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell if you said mess you up or meth you up, because it, it very much looked like they were on meth as well. Yeah. So that'd be a good play on words. They are there to meth you up. Yeah, that's what uh, Mike Tyson would say. Gonna meth you up. But, but um, in the what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. But anyway, like it was. It wasn't a bad movie. I, it's not my kind of movie like those kind of movies like I was very freaked out like that it did its job well like it's a horror movie it's supposed to freak me out but yeah the editing style really fucking after a bit got to me I had a feeling like in my mind like it ended bleaker than it did like I thought that Killian Mer- but P.S. there's spoilers in these reviews they're old movies so yeah. it's okay Yeah. but uh, I thought Killian Murphy was going to die probably just by the overall tone of the movie. I didn't see any of these people making it out, but at the end it's like him with the, with the girls that he saves and they're like holding a banner for a plane that sees them as like, I guess going to rescue him. You don't get to see it, but obviously. Right. So yeah, like I, I, I expected a bleaker ending and I've seen Danny Boyle's movies. So I expected a bleaker ending because of that as well. I believe it had somewhat of a message of hope, actually, for this dystopian yeah, type of movie. I, I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. The other, the other dystopian film you had me watch did not do that. I think it did, but so, we'll get to that. Um, okay. I think I think we just view movies differently. I think people are wired differently in their brain for horror movies. There's a sect of people that love horror movies like myself i love all horror movies i don't 
really get scared by a horror movie. It's just no, I get that. And then there's people that do get scared, and they just, as a result, they don't like them. And I understand that if it makes I you feel them, bad. Man. Like I, I get it though. Like because I have a ton of friends just like you that just love. They find it laughable, like the kills and the deaths. And I'm like, that person just got mauled apart, and I'm scared. Like I want to leave. Like, like it's a different experience for me. And when I watch my friend next to me, like. We went and saw Don't Breathe in theaters a couple of years ago. Good movie. And, like, I was shaking, scared of this blind dude rampaging through this house. And my friend was just laughing. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm not like you. This is not okay what is happening to these people in this movie. <laughs> you didn't think so it was like, okay that, was that he had a... And hostile and all those torture porn movies are for people that like laugh at those kind of deaths like you want to laugh at them like here's some of the most gruesome shit we can think of let's, let's throw that at you and then they made like 12 of those fucking movies you didn't let out any kind of laugh and don't breathe when he brought out his turkey baster full of cum no I didn't that was like I loved that movie for all of its scares, like, I thought it was a great horror movie, and, like, they just added in this weird, like, I'm gonna get you pregnant angle at the end that I was just like, what? Anyway, we're not reviewing that movie. No. But, uh, alright, well, if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it, like, a, I don't know, like, a 7 out of 10. Okay. Like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it as much as I could have. I could tell it was a well-done horror movie, and some of, like you said, some of the visuals were pretty breathtaking. I think so. I would give it, a, like, a 9, because I really, really love it. I love it for what it did for the genre as a Danny Boyle film, performances. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. But you knew that. All right, let's hear about your, your choice. Okay, you made me watch... Can't Buy Me Love, starring Patrick Dempsey and uh, a lot of white people. Sure. Anyway. There were no black people in 28 Days Later. What's that got to do with this? I think there was a a black infected guy. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, 1987 teen romantic comedy. And at the risk of offending you here, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was like a bland ice cream for me, like a just a vanilla, Aww. just vanilla. But the problem is that movie could be called Can't Buy Me Love, could be called Teen Romantic Comedy, the movie. It's so full of tropes. It's yeah, so it created a lot. I of recognize things. that. But as someone who's seen movies like. Yeah, 10 Things I Hate About You, She's All That, movies like that, that kind of took this and built off it and did their own things. I feel like I got more advanced versions. I I don't know how to say, but this was more like a template, like a blueprint of a movie for me than a movie. I honestly, I honestly really thought you were going to like it. I liked it okay. I was going to get you with this one. I did not dislike it. I liked it okay. There was a few moments that had me. Um, But overall, when the movie started within a couple minutes, I could guess every single plot beat within the movie. I knew every... Sure, it 
it's like this movie has been recreated like this movie yeah i, I mean i yeah created many times i actually i've seen the the black version before but i've never seen this with, with nick cannon yeah with nick cannon and christina million it's awful love don't cost this. a thing that is correct see i did not hate that version but i believe i saw it when i was younger when it came out I guess that might be another thing is like nostalgia is big. And like, I watched this when I was like nine or 10 years old and I just like, I fell in love with it. I understand that. Like, like, can we, can we talk for a minute about the African anteater ritual? That was my favorite part. That was my so favorite there part. Is, that like he, this, we, we haven't even told the plot of the movie. It's about a, like a nerd who wants to buy this telescope and he like mows lawns for a living and like he saved up all this money to buy a telescope but he's just this dork who plays poker with his dork friends every friday and he wants to be popular like he wants a cooler life so he sees his dream girl cindy mancini in the mall like crying and he's like oh what's this about and he goes and like eavesdrops and like finds out she ruined her mom's dress and like the new dress costs a thousand dollars so he goes up to her and he's like, yo, like, if I buy you this dress, will you, like, pretend to, like, hang out with me and we're cool and we're dating for, like, a month? And she's like, Jesus Christ, dude. I guess I can't not get this dress. So, like, sure. And then it just turns into, like, like, they kind of, she falls for him by the end of the movie. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah. But, like. Like, it's just a movie about her, like, trying to turn this dork into a popular guy. And, like, he became popular and kind of pushed her aside and started dating all the other girls at the school. And he asked this yes. girl to a dance. And he doesn't know how to dance, so he's, like, freaked out. And he, like, runs in to, like, turn on the last few minutes of American Bandstand so he can, like, learn some dances. But he turns on some, like, PBS show, I don't know, some public broadcasting program where they're doing some kind of dance, and it's like the African anteater ritual. And I've thought about this dance my entire life, Cameron. Yeah. Because I don't understand it. I don't believe it's real. Like, I don't understand it at all. Because it's like, it's human beings doing like a full-on dance, like a dance production that's the African anteater ritual. I'm like, I, is it a mating ritual? But anteaters can't move like these humans are moving. Like, this is a human dance about an anteater ritual. And I did not understand it, and I still don't. Well, you're... when they did the dance, like, he got the entire school doing this fucking dance. And all his dork friends that are sitting on the sideline making fun of everybody go, it's the African anteater ritual. Yeah. Like, they all knew this fucking thing. Yeah. I'm like, how is this, how, how, (laughs) like, how is, what is this dance? What is it ritualizing? How do the dorks, they're like, oh, that's obvious that they're all doing the African anteater ritual. I'm like, I've been stumped on this for, for 20 years now, man. Well, I think 30 years as a white person, you can't presume to understand African culture, sir. No, I can't. But I also don't all think the, it's all real. The other white nerds knew about it. I also don't think it's a real thing. I didn't understand why Patrick Dempsey, he was supposed to be a nerd, but he was very clueless about the anteater ritual while his friends were That's true. I never really thought about all that. All in on it. 
why are why are all his friends like we know what that is and he's like their friend before this and all of a sudden he's like i have no idea what the hell this is i'm doing it because that's an excellent point i never thought about that when he turned like, cool he guy should have known when he turned cool guy he just he turned his back on everything dorky and i think patrick dempsey like in movies prior to this like he never really got a chance to say like the f word on screen so when he okay. got a chance like he he made it count and like one of my favorite line readings in a movie when he was like having his fight with Cindy like the fight where they they break up and like in front of the whole school so like they know it's over and whatever yeah like he, he talks about her going like you like I'm broke because of you I'm chapter 11 bankrupt like you draped all over me like a cheap fucking suit yeah <laughs> i just loved it i loved it that was a good that was a good reads that line it makes me smile <laughs> that was a good uh, impression he did do that but i don't know i just i think he milked that he's like i get to say the f word in this i'm gonna nail it and he did he nailed it that's one of my favorite f words in film the cheap fucking suit and I don't know. It's I'd love that fucking movie, but I understand if you don't. I feel like uh, it was a symptom, much like much like Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that. Where it's like, where they he's wearing like a dorky hat and glasses in the beginning. It's like obviously this is a handsome dude, and uh, correct. He's not. It's not going to take much to make him popular, and it but didn't. He did become and, cool. I guess he slicked his hair back and wore a leather jacket. But he, he gained confidence. He was like going on the halls, high fiving the football players. Like he was in it, man. See all the the popular kids. They were just all football players or baseball players. Why didn't he join a sport if he was that desperate? Instead of spending a thousand dollars. That's a good point. Like all the all the popular kids in the school wore like Letterman jackets and everything. But no, there wasn't a sports scene in the movie. Like they all wore the gear, but none of them played the sport. Yeah, they talked about going to the football game and stuff, but you didn't see a football game. Yeah, like there was just the big dude, the big blonde dude in the movie was always like he was like the big football player, and then yeah, they never played football. So I guess that's why he never tried out for a sport because they never played him. The big blonde guy is the one that ruined uh, her dress at the party and I, I it was weird to me that he ruined it by spilling wine what kind of kids are drinking wine at a high school like party that's an interesting take i don't know but yeah it was like kegs in the back kind of deal at high school parties yeah like or maybe that maybe that boxed wine back there by the keg now or whatever uh yeah liquor you could swipe from your parents but yeah, I guess maybe their parents had some wine. He uh, he's a more sophisticated. You bring up type. an interesting point. Like these these are weird people. These are weird high schoolers that wear sports clothes but don't play sports. They they drink wine at high school parties. Like it's very strange. And her her the worst acting in the movie comes from her like Cindy's like college boyfriend who comes back and like finds out she's been dating Ronald this whole time. Yeah. And he's just like, you're a prostitute. Like, he was not good. But that makes it for me. That makes it one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he shows up, he's like, oh, she's been dating Ronald? Wait, what? Yeah, that was a... <laughs> he was great. 
It was funny. Um, but uh, it ended with like her being like, "I really like this guy." Fuck, and she shows up to him mowing his lawn, and she jumps on the back of his riding mower, and then "Can't Buy Me Love" by the Beatles plays, and you just feel good. It's a feel good movie. It was a it's feel good. I understand that. It was a zombies murdering people. It was a nice light feel good type movie. I thought the worst performance actually came in as a his best friend the the ginger kid no offense um oh yeah <laughs> the ginger kid actually Kenneth. by the way from uh he was in back to the future my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time one of my favorite scenes of all time when he uh cuts in at the enchantment under the sea dance he uh scrim mcfly and he cuts in that's kenneth from can't buy me love yes and then he's laughing nice. maniacally as he's dancing with. I, I do remember that. I didn't register it as Kenneth from Can't Buy Me Love. That guy was always my favorite. He was so weirdly evil. She's screaming for help and he's just cackling. Who does who? dance with her like she's a tackling dummy? He, he dance raped Lorraine Baines McFly. Yeah. Dance raped. Anyway, real. sorry. Anyway. I didn't like the, well I I thought it was funny when after Patrick Dempsey uh, threw dog poop at his house because he's with the popular kids and then That's he their Halloween tradition and then he goes to see his friend at the arcade to apologize right and what does his friend say he's just very very dramatic. Yeah, like, he tries to, he's like, hey, man, like, I want to be your friend still, and he, like, grabs him by the collar and, like, throws him up against the wall and says, you shit on my house! Yeah, it was... You shit on my house! <laughs> I felt like... <laughs> you shit on... It's, it's like he killed one of his family members or something, the way he was acting. He was, he was pretty upset. He was pretty upset. I mean, to be honest, I would be upset if someone threw shit at my house but I don't know if I would act that way. Well, it's like it, it was his friend that did it. He's like, it, that was a betrayal. Yeah, that was another thing. I just thought his friend was being a little bit of a queef the whole time because he's with a girl and he's you're not spending time with me. I mean, bros got to understand, you know? Especially when you're like a bunch of dorks and none of you get laid ever. It's like, Root on your friend. He figured out. He figured out a loophole. You pay money. <laughs> that's the loophole, really. Just give girls money, and they'll like you. That's that's the moral of "Can't Buy Me Love." Like he did buy love. That's the title of the movies. "Can't Buy Me Love." He bought that shit. So that's interesting. Uh, what would you rate that movie? At the risk of offending you here, the let me see the. At the risk of offending you here, I'd give it a 5.5. That, that offends me a yeah. little bit. You risked it and you, you failed it, but I'm offended a little bit. That was the start of like Patrick Dempsey's. He's still around these days, like doing his McDreamy thing. Good for him. No, he's not. He was, he's All out of that show. Ronald McDonald Miller. He's, yeah, he showed back up. For oh, did season. he? I don't know. I don't watch the show. I'm not a fan. Meredith caught COVID and she's having fever dreams and he's in her dreams now. So he he came back. This is Grey's Anatomy, folks. Yep. That's not what we're doing here. 
Um, <laughs> all right, our next. What would you give it, by the way? Our next segment. Yeah. Can't buy me love. Let's give our ratings. I feel like a eight and a five. Eight and a five. Okay. Eight point five. Three points higher. I really like. Okay. It. Uh, our next segment is called a uh, street fight, and that is where. Cameron picks a movie that he loves, and I pick a movie that I love that we know that the other person does not like. And we try to get them to watch it again and perhaps change their mind. Perhaps they have a new perspective on things. Like, probably not likely, but we're willing to, we're willing to give the movie another shot. And uh, for Cameron, I have selected Todd Phillips' yeah. Joker from 2019. Or 2018, I'm not sure. 2018. No, 2019. Joker from 2019. Yes. Uh, I love that movie. Cameron had bad times with it. And uh, for me, he just he kept me rolling down the dystopian trail with uh, Children of Men yes. from uh, 2006 from director Alfonso Cuaron. Yes. And uh, I'm going to have you start this. Okay. Time. So you had me do Joker, which... This, I've been kind of dreading this. I know Joker's a very beloved film by people. Well, it's divisive, I'd say. And I watched it again. I still don't love this movie, sir. Do you hate it, though? I don't, or do you I don't like hate it. it. I recognize that the performances are great. I think it's a great-looking film. I think it's directed well cinematography everything is pretty well i just feel that it's disjointed i think it doesn't flow together very well for me it's like a it's a movie that they just had a different puzzles they had two different puzzles and they tried to jam it all together and it just didn't work for me it just i didn't get the there's some conflicting tones it tried to be super realistic but at the same time everyone felt so cartoonishly cartoonishly evil or bad that I just couldn't take it seriously with the small message it was having I didn't think this movie had very much of a message at all I mean like it's just the message of like there's this guy who is mentally unstable who gets fucked with a lot and finally is just pushed over that edge. That was another thing. His like his mental message. unstableness, was he they didn't do enough to tell me he was mentally unstable. He had that condition that's not really a mental instability. It's just a condition. I mean the laughing. I don't know what they had to do to tell you that. Like the whole movie is just Same. him like losing his fucking mind. Saying that the whole movie is him it's 20 scenes of him dancing and I, I liked the first one where he was dancing with the gun and lost control. I didn't need it again and again and again. I just felt that they were a bunch of like reels. I felt like acting. I don't know, man. Like for me, like, I've never really liked Joaquin Phoenix. I always thought he was very overrated. Like, he's weird. He's off-putting. Like, I, every role he's in, I'm like, even if he's, like, the good guy, he's rarely the good guy. I don't know why I said that. He's always, like, a creepy fucking guy in movies. But he's very off-putting, and I don't like watching him. 
like Joker was the first time I ever saw Joaquin Phoenix and he just captivated me so fucking thoroughly that I was just like, I can't even fight this love of this fucking movie. Like Joaquin Phoenix is an amazing actor because I normally hate him and I'm just like, dude, I feel for this guy so deeply right now. Like he's just hurting and like no one is there for him. Like I, I relate to it. Like a lot of people relate to it. They're just like, they don't have a lot going for them and they're scared of like life and society and like he's given reason to because like he just gets his ass kicked on the bus and fucking people are just rude to him and awful and take advantage of him and finally he just fucking snaps and turns into the Joker and like the last 15-20 minutes of that movie rule loved it I loved like the last 20 minutes of the movie fucking owned and I just like Love to see him finally build that confidence and just become the fucking Joker. Like it was compelling. That was another thing I didn't. It wasn't compelling to me because it was, but he's the Joker, but he didn't feel like the Joker. I think until the very, very, very end. So it's just like I'm watching this guy, and then this guy that in this world is like, what, like thirty plus years older than Batman. He's going to be a senior citizen by the time Batman reaches Batmaning age. So is the Joker like just that age all the time? Like I don't see like super villains really like age or de age. Like they're always about the same always. Well, in this universe, I think he's he's going to be quite an old man. But I just didn't think I mean, yeah, anyone would snap. Any any person would snap if they're in a world where they just get beat beat up randomly all the time for no reason. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was it odd. Is. I thought it was a I thought it was a you know Reddit. There's a subreddit called I'm 14 and this is deep and I felt like that's what this movie was trying to be. It was trying to be deep and it just didn't hit for me. Like, I appreciate you giving it another shot. I tried really hard. You just found it, found it a little. I found it kind of, kind of boring. Like I, like I said, there's just some random scenes of him dancing, random scenes of him laughing that don't really seem to fit within the story. There's, it was weird when he reached into Bruce Wayne's mouth. I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. I don't think you were supposed to like that. I didn't like that Bruce Wayne just stood there and let it happen. What kind of stupid kid is Bruce Wayne that he's like, all right, this guy's going to reach into my mouth and I'm just going to be fine with that. I don't know. He's a billionaire's kid. He's probably dad's probably friends with Epstein. He's he's used to this stuff. That's that's a fair point. He's an Epstein protege. But um, what would you what would you give this movie? I give it an even five because I recognize the performance. I recognize the look of the film. I just uh, it didn't grab me in any significant way. All right, man. Like I, I watched it again last year, or probably this year, earlier this year, and I just, it gripped me just the same as it did when I was in the theater. Like I just the performance is absolutely compelling like i give this one a nine I and a half out of the 10. performance I, you 
you have to give more Joaquin Phoenix performances a shot. Have you seen her? That was a great performance. I have not seen that. Like he he turns me off. Like I I tend to not watch movies. But well, maybe now you'll give him a chance. But like I maybe now for the master that was another one. I watched the um, master is one of those ones I watched where I'm like I hate this fucking guy. (laughs) Okay. I'm just like it's too. He's too creepy dude just the way he looks the way he talks it just feels like he's the kind of guy who would put his hand in your mouth randomly and you'd just be like I don't like you Joaquin I don't like the way you make me feel <laughs> anyway on to our next segment it's your turn or no I, yeah I children, of children of men. men I didn't even talk about children of men um this is another Cameron just wanted me to watch very gray very bleak uh-huh. films this week this is another dystopian future in which infertility has kind of taken over the world. Like children aren't being born anymore. And like the people are just dying off because there's no new life to sustain the earth. And it starts Clive Owen and he, I don't like, I, I was very confused a lot of the time during this movie like, he, he basically he finds a woman who's pregnant, and it becomes, like, his goal to, like, get her to deliver this baby in, like, a just crazy, like, World War II-looking world where, like, like it's, like, a heavily police state, and people are in cages, and I'm, like, I was very confused. Like, I don't know what caused the infertility. Like, they don't yeah. really tell you. I was... I was confused why the fucking world went to shit. Like, like it's like people aren't being born anymore. Let's let's round them up, put them in cages. Like we need to we need to get a handle on this earth now. And basically, all of society is collapsed. Like I did not understand. Other than Great Britain, yeah, I don't understand why that fucking happened. Like, I think the allegory was supposed to be that like children equal God, and like without children, there's a lack of God in the world. Like I read that somewhere when trying to figure it out. But like I still I was just I I was very confused by like the the motivation behind this dystopia. Like what the fuck happened to this world? I would have liked a little backstory. Oh, just on a, that. You're just in the world, that sir. That... Correct. And like it was beautifully done, dude. I no fucking argument there. Alfonso Coron knows how to like I felt like I was there. Like, most of his direction, it felt like I was like, get out of the way, Clive. We got to go. Like, it felt like I was, like, running alongside him with the way this movie was directed. It was very well done. It was just, it was sad and very bleak Hmm. as fuck. Hmm. Brutal. Like, it was just, it was hard to watch. But he is a fantastic director. Like, it looked amazing. Like, there'd be times when, like, people get shot and, like, blood spatters on the camera and he just leaves it there for, like, 20 seconds and you just see this, like, bleak-ass world with, like, blood spatter everywhere and it's just sad. Uh, There's a car escape scene that I thought was dope as fuck. Like, a very, like, differently done car escape where, like, like, they're basically running from people trying to capture them while like trying to start a car that won't start like they're just pushing it along while they're being chased by guys with guns and trying to get this fucking car to start so they can get away 
and like it was fucking exhilarating like my heart was pounding like get in that fucking car go get away from these people it's a great scene like would you agree that car escape scene might be my favorite scene in the movie yeah like it was harrowing dude i was like oh my god they're gonna kill you get out of there that's another thing like you find out there's a pregnant woman like it's like oh wow like the world can go back to normal. No, like everyone was trying to kill him and this woman. Like they were after them. I'm like, I thought that they was like the point. They weren't trying to kill Maybe the not. woman. They were trying to get her and use her for their own purposes. That's why they wouldn't didn't want to use their guns around. They said, "Don't shoot when she's around" or whatever. Yeah, I thought the environment was just very much like it was its own character. Like it was cool. Like the environment, like was like a living breathing thing that like Clive Owen was running from place to place trying to like get in little windows and doors that were just like like I said it felt like I was there with him like I've never really like it felt like I was in a first person shooter like it was like right behind his head and it looked really cool yeah the, yeah like the metaphor was unclear to me like I wasn't sure what this movie was trying to say necessarily if it was trying to say anything, but it felt like it was. I just, I, I'm too stupid to get it. I don't it, think you're I stupid, I but know. I think it's kind of funny that you talk about how bleak it is because I think the whole movie is a, it's about hope. I think it's about hope. I think it's about hope in this kind of world. About how they can get through and restart. They have this woman and yeah, they but, go through these, he goes through these. But the, Riles, he goes through so much and the end is just, I think it's beautiful, man. I think it's a beautiful movie. Like she, but she gives birth to this yes. kid and nothing fucking changes. You don't know that. Like they get in a boat to, they get in a boat to like escape where they were just were. They're like, we want no part of this fucking earth. And then he dies just randomly while they're Not on randomly. the boat. So now it's just her and the baby in this boat and it's like it just like i didn't see the hope i was like he dies so that they could live man come on it was a but like in what world like not like nothing's changed like they still live in this brutal ass fucking world like i didn't see the hope that anything would change you didn't see like that maybe she would be grabbed up and used for science. You didn't see Clive Owen's entire drive. That was his whole thing is he was a hopeless bureaucrat just kind of living. And then this happened to him and he, the whole thing kindled something in him. In him. And it should something in you like on the whole. Okay. Not I'm sorry. Fair enough. Uh, I thought Stoner Michael Caine he was. was delightful. He was very fun. I think Michael Caine with long hair who peddles weed products should be in more movies. He was wonderful. It was sad when he died. He, 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 yeah, like he, he, he was like he sold a weed called Strawberry Cough, and he would tell people to smoke it, and they would, and then he'd say, "Now cough," and they would, and he'd be like, "What's that taste like?" And like strawberry. Yeah. He's like, "It's strawberry cough." And he was so happy about it. He was so happy to have people cough yeah. out his strawberry weed. And I was like, he's like a little point of delight in this yes. dark movie. 
But I don't know. Maybe it was because, like, I watched it, like, the day after I watched 28 Days Later. I was just kind of overlooking at worlds of despair <laughs> at that point. I was just like, something good happened to these people. Oh, he dies on the boat. <laughs> I'm like, I was, it was sad for me. Because he was, he was like my, my avatar for the movie. Like I said, it felt like I was right with him the whole time. I was like behind him and like looking over his shoulder. And then we died on a boat is how that story I think it's ended. so funny that you have this take because you had me watch Joker. And I think that movie is, above anything, hopeless. Just, I'd never, ever, 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 ever said look to Joker for hope, though. <laughs> like, that was never my take on that particular movie. That's a dark fucking yeah. movie. And I believe the That's Joker. The here. Like, I, I think I Joker is Joker. more bleak and hopeless than either of those movies. I think it's more than those movies put together. I think 28 Days Later ends with a nice ray of hope and I think Children of Men is actually about hope and Joker ends with him finally becoming confident and killing the talk He's show host a bad, giving him shit. you're not supposed to feel good for this <laughs> no I'm kidding anyway. I don't he's an awful person but he's He's an awful person with, but you know why he's awful, and that's why okay. you feel for him. Anyway, anyway, like you said, we're done with Joker. Anyway, <laughs> I would give Children of Men. Honestly, I'll probably surprise you. I'll probably give it like a seven and a half out of. Oh 10. wow! Like I didn't love it, but like I thought it looked cool as shit. Like I thought, like I said, the environment felt like it was alive, and that was yeah. very cool for me. Yeah, I'm surprised you gave it a. What do you What do you give children? Uh, of men? Children of men. Man, I'm tempted to go like nine point five myself. I think it's one of the most beautifully shot movies I've ever seen. I think. I can't even argue that. It's and really uh, cool Clive Owen was great. I wish we got more Clive Owen in our lives. That's true. I was thinking that while I was watching it. He just kind of appeared like a bright light for a couple yeah. of years and then just disappeared. I thought he was fantastic. I remember back in the that time when there was rumors and discussion about him becoming James Bond. I think that would have been a cool. But I remember that. They went with Daniel Craig, who was cool. Anyway, yeah, 9.5 for me. I really love it. I love what I perceive to be the message. I love the direction uh, yeah i think it's i thought clive owen was the coolest character in sin city which is a movie full yeah. of nothing but cool characters yeah he was great all right on to our our main event going down main street with our our review of disney's mulan like Every week we're going to try to review for you like a like a newer movie, like one that's streaming currently that people are talking about. And like the funny thing is Mulan came out three months ago, but it came out three months ago if you were willing to pay $30. Yeah. And I was not. <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted to see Me it, too. but I didn't want to see it that bad. And uh, so it just was released this week behind the paywall. So we were able to watch it for free and we will give our yeah, thoughts You go on first. It. Um. Yeah, that's how I'll go ahead and start. Uh, 
really? didn't like it. I was really like I think maybe I got my hopes too high for it, but yeah. how much I love the animated version. Like I just thought it was there huh. was no soul. Like it was just like let's make Mulan and they did and it looked fine, but like they're just it felt like I it was just a visceral feeling in me while I watched it. Like I'm like, there is no like heart and soul of this fucking movie. Like they're just doing Mulan and like maybe that's a a case of like them trying to make Chinese people happy because that weren't happy with the first film and trying to make like Disney fans of of the first film happy and they kind of just met somewhere in the middle that just kind of did not do it for me. Uh, what do you? I think? liked the movie. I uh, thought it was a good looking movie. Um, I think. I mean, I thought it looked a good looking movie though. Disney. I thought it looked better than most of the. Movie. The Disney remakes, I thought it looked like an actual movie other than some kind of thing. But, um, that Disney, but as far as the Disney remakes go, I'm usually not a fan. You know, this, um, I think Aladdin was okay, and that was, and then the rest I just don't really care for. I think movies like Lion King were really just really soulless and just a shot for shot remake almost, and Beauty and the Beast. That's what I thought of this I one. I felt soulless. Thought there was enough, enough different. Uh, it was they didn't have the songs. It was a little more serious. I mean, it was different. It was a different movie, but it just it did not feel like they cared. Like I don't know how to put it. Like it just felt like I w- I don't know, man. Like I was very much like you know this. I've been like for months yeah. now. I've been stoked. I'm watching Mulan. And it just, it felt very much like a, a Disney version of like a Asian feudal epic. Like it was like hero, but Disney's hero or Disney's crouching tiger. Like it had it the uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like wire work kind of thing. Really? And the wire work was awful, I thought. Like, it didn't look like they were, like, gliding through the sky. It looked very much... Like, I could tell just when they stop and do, like, a little jump and kick. <laughs> like, it just it looked horrible to me. Like, it did not look fluid. I thought the action all looked okay. Um, I actually did a little extra credit this week and watched the animated Mulan as well as the new version so I could re- kind of reacquaint myself. It's been a few years. And uh, I still prefer the animated yeah. version. It's funner. I like the animated version a lot. I was ready for a, a more serious version of Mulan. I I was ready for that too. And I was ready I was for, you know, for I didn't that. need the Eddie Murphy dragon. I didn't need the, the comedy or anything. I, I was ready for it. But I thought it was weird right. in the live action version that I didn't care for that much was the whole the whole aspect of her having this chi, like her chi, she's that's it was, was weird was, that that was, was nowhere that up, in the yeah. animated cartoon. There's no witches or chi or anything in the animated cartoon movie. She's just a regular girl who kind of rises up to this occasion and and I think that's a little more powerful message because in the live action version she's 
she's basically a superhero. Like she has this chi where she's just immediately amazing. If if they were going to talk about the chi, if they were going to talk about the chi, I would have wanted that movie then. Like, I think like a better movie, if they were going to do that would have made Mulan's chi more of a big deal, more of a revelation. Like, because it was basically like her, like Luke Skywalker yeah. used the force moment, you know? And they just treated it as kind of like, she has this thing that women don't usually have. And I'm like, okay. And then she just used it sometimes. And that was that. I'm like, that's weird. Like, I don't remember that. And I don't know why. She, yeah, like you said, like, she's like a super. Yeah, I thought. Now. And like I looked into the fucking I look uh, I looked into like the story oh, huh? a little bit the actual like folklore because like it looks they make it look like she joins this army for like this feud against this one guy and it's, right. like she's there for like a week or two like the actual Mulan like passed off as a man oh, in wow. the army for like ten years. I want to see that movie. I want to see the movie where, like, how the fuck did she pass for a man for 10 years and, like, fight alongside them and, like, how brave that is and how fucking lunacy that is just to be able to pull that off. Like, the sheer, like, bravery and fucking insanity of that. Like, the shenanigans. Yeah, this movie was. I want to see that movie. It was much like the cartoon where it was just, she was, it didn't last very long and then she just kind of got found out kind of out of nowhere and it wasn't like a big thing. I thought it would be a bigger thing. And I liked, uh, Oh yeah. I I enjoyed her too. The witch, but like she never felt like a real threat because the movie's kind of vague in a lot of those aspects. She just kind of shows up, but like it never affects much. But she's very cool. She's a cool ass character that like morphs into like birds and people, and like she was she was very cool. Like she, I was very intrigued by her. But they didn't. That was another thing. They were kind of implying that Mulan was like a like a early stage version of her, which comes to like. So if Mulan kept her training or whatever with that girl, that woman, she would just become a witch. In which case. I understand why they're afraid of women in these things because that woman is, she could have, she could have killed the emperor a couple times. Like when she disguises herself and right. That's what I mean. It just felt like she wasn't a threat. Like she just, she could have been, but she's just like, nah, I'm just going to, she turns into birds and fly around. She turns into lots of birds. That's something that happens. I don't know, man. I just, I want, I went into this with full on like love in my heart for Mulan and was so excited and just, I think I set myself up for yeah. failure by being so fucking hyped for it. And that like, it just couldn't be that good. Like I watched it and I'm like, they're trying to do like hero, Jet Li's hero. And like, that movie's so good, and this is just the Disney version. Well, Jet Li of that, was in the movie. It's not great, like because it can't be. They can't be as violent. Yeah, they have like a lot of like the throwbacks. Yeah, like, Jet Li was in it, and Donnie Yen. Yes, like these like great like martial artists. The fucking 
Chancellor, the ambassador yeah. from Rush Hour, played Mulan's dad. I was like, <laughs> hey, it's Chancellor Han. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, it was, I also thought Mulan would not have passed. Yeah. Like, she had very feminine features. Yeah, that's, I'm I like, thought that too. I was like, like that's, a, that's a hot man yeah. if I was there. Exactly. I was like, and that scene when she kind of like had a crush on that guy and they got into their little like stick fight or whatever, and she did her chi move to like kick the stick backward into her own hands. I was like, that wire work looked horrendous. Go back and watch that and tell me like it doesn't look like you're just watching some choppy okay. I mean, I, scene from a video game or something. I thought all the action looked pretty competent. Like it looked awful. Good and cool. That's I. None of it was none of it was great though. Like it was just like there. Like I've seen better versions of all of it, and I'm like I expect more from like. I enjoyed Disney the movie. uh. They gave a like, little. I don't know. They gave maybe a little needed, more backstory to the, the bad guy, or how the emperor had killed his father, so he was looking for revenge and stuff. I I kind of like that because in the original. In the cartoon, well, it was it was, was even more vague. Kind of vague. Although in the cartoon, that guy was terrifying. But I I I say I liked it overall. I didn't love it in any way. I didn't have high expectations going in because I generally don't like these Disney remakes. I don't think they're necessary. And I, and I do. That's a that's a nice disclaimer we should put on that. I do usually like the Disney remakes. Like, Beauty and the Beast is the only one I didn't really like. I liked Jungle Book. I liked Aladdin. I liked The Lion King. I expected to really like this, and I was just kind of meh on the whole thing. Like, I think part of that is my fault. Like, I just, I watched the trailer and got really hype. I'm like, this movie looks dope, and Disney is not going to fuck it up. And they didn't really fuck it up. They just didn't, didn't do much. Like, it was very, like, like, it was like you called Can't Buy Love, Can't Buy Me Love. Like, this was like Disney's feudal Japan, China right. epic kung fu movie. Yeah. I mean, that's like, a, you know what I mean? That's a like, pretty it, specific it genre, like though. Had heart. <laughs> the feudal Japan Disney movie. That's China. So like, it's Chinese, isn't it? Or is it? But. Mulan, the animated version, has tons of heart. It's okay, Chinese. that's good. We that's can't, we can't Japan then mistake those. But okay. um, no, it's Chinese. It's Chinese. But um, but I felt like the animated Mulan had a ton of heart. Like that's like one of my most favorite animated Disney movies. Like yeah. it's just all heart that fucking movie. So I don't know. I I don't. I don't have much else. Yeah, to say. I don't have a I lot to say about more, it either. Like other than I kind of liked it, I thought it was one of the better Disney remakes, personally, for me. I'm generally not a fan, though. Fair enough, but you don't like those, so it didn't have to. Be, it didn't no. have to be that good in order to take that. Throw I kind of liked Aladdin, like I said. I'm I. I would probably give it I'm like go a six point five, six out of ten, just a little more. Which, yeah, no, I didn't love it. I didn't. I no. see you didn't love it. No, it was fine. 
sounded by by your well, by I, your maybe I went in with you to go a even lower expectations. Just yeah, I think I did probably. I expected to not like it probably. Deep in my heart, because I really didn't like movies like Beauty and the Beast and and Lion King. They're I think not. both of those movies are almost shot for shot remakes of the cartoons, and I think that's so cynical and such a cash dra- cash grab thing that I don't like. But this was a little different. Yeah, I'll give you that. It was it was not a shot like it was a different story told with different characters. Like it didn't have Mushu the dragon. She killed the bad guy by kicking an arrow straight into his chest. That's that's not very Disney. Like straight into his chest. Yeah. No, it's PG thirteen. Most Disney movies don't don't reach the PG thirteen rating. So, I was expecting a little yeah, bit. She kills people. Bit of diciness in there. But um, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's about <laughs> it for our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Like, we'll try to be back next week with more with more fights and more more movie matchups. That yeah, was uh, good talking to you, Joel. I'll say goodbye, uh, Cameron. Even when we disagree, I always enjoy the conversations. Always. And uh, until next time, keep it real on the mean yeah. street. On the <laughs> screen streets, I already fucked up our send out. Yep. Keep it real.